Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report. Today for October the 31st of 2019. Today, I'm dressing up as a podcast host for Halloween. Who would have thought? But this is a daily gaming news rundown of the hottest stories from the industry. Put up on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media as well as Anchor.fm slash Jam Pack Report that has links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more so you can get the show in the medium and on the platform that you would prefer. Then there's always the written rundown on medium.com slash report if you did just want a quick daily digest of every big story. But with that being said, today we are talking about Call of Duty Modern Warfare because it has broken multiple sales records in its first three days of being on store shelves. It has now officially surpassed Call of Duty World War II. Then, Sony's PS4 is the second best-selling console of all time, surpassing the sales of the original PlayStation to take the lead. At least, the lead behind the PlayStation 2. Then, Mixer has lowered its subscription price. PlayStation Now subscribers are going up, and I have November's free PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold games to keep you in the know and to let you know what games are going to be free. But with that being said, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, Call of Duty Modern Warfare breaks multiple sales records. Call of Duty Modern Warfare has earned more than $600 million worldwide and has broken multiple sales records in its first three days of release. Announced by Activision, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's impressive first three days has earned it the following records. It has become the top-selling new premium game release of 2019. It has now sold more units in its first three days than any other Call of Duty title has this console generation. It had the biggest-selling digital opening in Activision history. It has set a PlayStation 4 record with the highest digital sales in its first three days. It had the biggest Call of Duty PC launch ever. Call of Duty Modern Warfare's first three days were so successful, according to Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, it even more than doubled the box office opening of Joker, which brought in an estimated $234 million worldwide. Call of Duty is once again the top-selling new premium game of the year, proving the enduring nature of the franchise across console, PC, mobile, and esports, said Bobby Kotick, Activision Blizzard's chief executive officer. In its first three days of release, Call of Duty Modern Warfare more than doubled the box office opening of Joker, end quote. Through the first three days, Modern Warfare has more total players and total hours played than any Call of Duty opening release in the last six years. More importantly, our players are having a great time playing, said Rob Kostich, President Activision. Congratulations to Infinity Ward and all other teams involved on an incredible game and its spectacular launch. We also want to thank the community for your incredible support. The launch of Modern Warfare is only the start. There is much more to come. For a for further look at comparisons, Nico Partners senior analyst Daniel Ahmad looked at Call of Duty Modern Warfare's first three days in relation to all other Call of Duty titles back since Black Ops in 2010. And, of course, as you would expect, the game is absolutely killing it. In addition to these sales and records, Call of Duty Modern Warfare also saw the return of a campaign and in their review. IGN said, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is the best COD campaign in nearly a decade, thanks to a fast-paced and great variety. In regards to multiplayer, which we reviewed separately, they said Call of Duty Modern Warfare's multiplayer modes include a lot of variety, but a weak set of maps with no way to deal with its spawn camping problem, preventing it from matching the heights of its predecessors. And of course, there are links to both of those individual reviews if you did want to give them a look. But Call of Duty Modern Warfare absolutely killing it. Now, unfortunately, 
I've been incredibly busy over the past few days, so I really haven't had time to dive in and give it the deep, uh, hours-long gameplay session that I would normally give a brand new Call of Duty game. Adulthood calls. It's a hectic time. It is what it is. With that being said, the amount of time that I have put into it has proven that both of the reviews pretty much stand up. The campaign, phenomenal. The best Call of Duty campaign I've played since the original Modern Warfare. Uh, the multiplayer could use a couple of tweaks. The gameplay and the gunplay, phenomenal. The map design, up in the air on that one. Seems to be a little bit of a hit and a miss, but hey, a couple of spawn tweaks, maybe some uh, some uh, you know furniture and stuff placed in certain lines of sight, or alternatively taken away, uh, you could have a couple of winners in there. Uh, but with that being said, no shocker here because Modern Warfare does have that big nostalgia-driven uh, sense of of desire in fans, where you do want to go back to the days of Modern Warfare, and this is essentially a brand new take on the classic franchise, which is what people wanted. Uh, works much better than going into the future, as we saw with Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare. Uh, uh, then we had this weird Black Ops 4 sort of kind of future setting. It was strange. Uh, and so now we're back into modern warfare where it is realistic. You get guns that you know what they are. There is no wall running, no high jumps. This is just simply a classic Call of Duty game. And people have been wanting that for a very long time. But with over $600 million earned in its first three days, modern warfare is indeed a hit. And tons of people are playing on PlayStation 4. In fact, a lot, because Sony's PS4 is the second best-selling console of all time. Sony's PS4 has become the second best-selling console of all time, surpassing the original PlayStation, which sold 102.5 million units. Sony said that it sold 2.8 million units of PS4 this quarter, including the PS4 Pro, on top of the 100 million mark it hit last quarter. That is down considerably 1.1 million units from last year, but it was enough to push it to 102.8 million, just above the original PlayStation. It's not likely to catch the PS2, however, which has sold 155 million units. The drop in numbers make it pretty clear that the PlayStation 4 is arriving to the end of its life. Not only are unit sales down, but gaming revenue and profit dropped as a whole by 17% and 35% respectively over 2018. Sony expects 2019 PS4 sales to be less than it originally forecast by 1.5 million units. Holiday sales might also not fare great compared to last year considering that Sony has announced that the PlayStation 5 will arrive for the 2020 holiday season. Gift givers might instead go for more PS4 games as they'll be compatible with the new console. Upcoming PS4 titles include Death Stranding, The Last of Us 2, and Shinmu 3. In total, Sony saw a slight drop in sales, 3% over the same quarter last year, but recorded a record 279 billion yen, or 2.56 billion in profit. While gaming dragged down earnings, most of its other divisions fared a bit better, except for one. Guess what it is? Sony Pictures made a profit of $1.75 billion on the strength of Spider-Man Far From Home, and music sales were up 8%, and thanks to sensors, its imaging division saw a big 22% boost in sales. Unfortunately, smartphone sales dragged down its newly formed electronics products and solutions segment, which merged its mobile, camera, TV, and audio product lines. Sony was hoping that its successful camera and AV divisions could bring some magic to mobile, but that seems a a long way off right now. However, PlayStation is without a doubt uh, killing it when it comes to the PlayStation 4. Uh, no one could have ever predicted that this console was going to do the numbers that it is doing. I mean, to become the biggest selling console, aside from the PlayStation 2 of all time, is 
absolutely phenomenal. Now, of course, I don't know of a console that is going to dethrone the PlayStation 2 because it is just such a huge hit. Even today, people still play the PlayStation 2. Uh, the amount of games on it, the variety of games on it, the quality of the console itself and the quality of the experience, second to none. It was a phenomenal piece of hardware. The PlayStation 4, just as phenomenal, but at the same time, uh, the pricing has changed, the amount of interest might have shifted, who knows what uh, the reason is behind it, but at the same time, PlayStation 4 absolutely killing it. Uh, now, it is also worth noting that the PlayStation 2 was on the market for a considerably longer amount of time, so those numbers are stretched out over a larger number of years as compared to the PlayStation 4. So, depending on the PlayStation 5, you'll have to wait and see exactly if the PlayStation 4 can, in fact, catch up, but considering the slowing growth of sales, considering the slowing figures themselves, you're just probably not going to be seeing it. However, still worth noting, and still still very, very commendable that the PS4 is now the second best-selling console of all time. However, if you do want to play on PS4 and you want to share your gameplay, Mixer could be the place for you, and subs are now $5 even to compete with Twitch. Today, Mixer announced that it's dropping the price of its subscription from $5.99 a month to $4.99 a month. While it's not clear what specifically prompted the change, it's hard to miss the fact that $4.99 is also the price of a month-long Tier 1 sub on Twitch. Mixer's subscriptions are a little like their analogs over at Twitch. After you buy a subscription to a channel, you get custom emotes from the broadcaster to use in chat and a badge by your name that alerts people to your subscriber status. That said, it's not clear what cut the broadcasters receive of sub revenue, and it's also not clear whether the price drop will impact how much Mixer's partners make. Microsoft did not immediately respond to an emailed request for comment. On Twitch, broadcasters get half of whatever revenue subscriptions generate. Twitch has four tiers of subscriptions. You can subscribe to one channel a month for free with Twitch Prime, and then there is tier one through three subscriptions, which rise in price and unlock separate emotes if the broadcaster has uploaded them. The one exception are subscriptions purchased on iOS devices, because they cost more since Apple takes a cut. Mixer subscriptions differ from the ones on Twitch because there's only one single price to subscribe and because viewers can only subscribe to Mixer partners instead of verified users. Twitch has two tiers of broadcasters, affiliates, and partners, and audiences can subscribe to either kind of channel. The difference in status is a check mark in the viewer numbers, among other things. Twitch broadcasters need to average 75 concurrent viewers a stream to be considered for partnership. While today's announcement is not a huge deal on its own, it does show that Mixer is serious about competing with Twitch beyond poaching its top talent. And this is a very big deal in my opinion. Now, of course, it goes without saying that Mixer does not have the subscribership of Twitch. You aren't going to be seeing the same amount of sub-revenue as compared to Amazon-owned Twitch streaming platform. With that being said, this is a step in the right direction to make that a reality, uh, because one of the first things that turned me off to subbing to somebody on Mixer was the fact that it was an extra dollar. No, it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is just a dollar, but at the same time, if you're low on cash, if you're frugal, you might not want to sub to somebody for $6, but for 5 bucks, that's pretty much the price of a frilly cup of coffee. So at the same time, this seems to be a little bit more inviting, even if it is just a dollar. And at the end of the day, you can look at that and say, hey, 
It is just a dollar from the corporate view. You know, it's not that big of a loss, and if you do generate more subscriptions, then it is totally worth it. And considering the comparison between Mixer and Twitch now becoming uh, even harder to differentiate, I mean, truly, the platforms are kind of becoming synonymous with one another because you have big talent on Mixer, you've got big talent on Twitch, you've got $5 subscriptions on Mixer, $5 subscriptions on Twitch, you've got a lot of similarities beginning to crop up, and I think they could be on the rise. Now, it will take a very long time to come up to the level that Twitch has gotten to, uh, but it seems like Microsoft is dedicated uh, to bringing over talent, to making sure that the user experience continues to improve, uh, to continue to uh, interact with the audience, and to really become a community-focused platform. They have a lot of potential here. Uh, but to see Mixer lower the sub prices is certainly something that is welcome uh, because I guarantee you they are definitely hurting in that regard because I don't think too many people sub on Mixer. I haven't seen a lot of that uh, going on. Of course, if you are a big-time streamer, then yes, on Mixer you've got plenty of subs. Uh, but with Shroud and Ninja and King Gathalion coming over to have $5 subs is a very, very big deal. Uh, but we will see how it goes for Microsoft's Mixer in the coming months. Sony has reached 1 million milestone with PlayStation Now subscribers. Apparently, the recent slash in pricing has been a boon for Sony's PlayStation Now. The game streaming service presently sits at 1 million subscribers. This represents a remarkably massive boost up from the 700,000 subscribers revealed in an April 2019 report. Sony shared the news during a recent conference call, boasting of the cloud service's new achievement. Nico Partners senior analyst Daniel Lamad relayed the information in the following Twitter post. And of course, it says exactly what we just read. During the conference call, Sony itself attributed the service's newfound success to the price drop earlier this month. The addition of blockbuster titles such as 2018's God of War and Uncharted 4 A Thief's Sin likely played a large part too. With this momentum, Sony hopes to obtain a good read on what cloud gaming will entail in the future, particularly where next-gen is concerned. PlayStation Now's price drop went live on October 1st, lowering the monthly cost from $19.99 in the U.S. to $9.99. As such, the yearly cost is now down to $59.99 from $99.99. The company also added four AAA titles to the PS Now list, which will leave the service on January 1st, 2020. These new additions include Grand Theft Auto V, God of War, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. And so we have a very successful price drop, uh, in my opinion, from Sony with PlayStation Now. I definitely think that is the main reason tons of people are subscribing, is because now it is pretty much on the same level as Xbox Game Pass, which has proven to be incredibly successful. And if Sony can, in fact, nail PlayStation Now, and they can make it uh, a similar service to Xbox Game Pass, where you get some of the biggest PlayStation games on day one included with the service, uh, you could be seeing a very large shift. Now, it is worth mentioning, a lot of developers have come out and said, this is not a healthy setup uh, to give to the gaming industry, considering just how much people work on games, uh, because games as they stand right now should be costing more than $60, according to some industry leaders. Uh, you should be paying upwards of $80, $100 for a game. Now, with DLC, you very well might, uh, but whenever you are subscribing to a service for, say, 10 bucks a month, and you go in, play the entire game, don't buy any DLC, and you get your most money's worth out of your subscription... 
Well, that definitely hurts the uh, development side of things, depending on how much money is coming out of Sony, Microsoft, and other investors uh, that are putting back into these companies uh, and that are putting back into the developers that made these games that are on these services. Uh, so the big question is, is this a sustainable model for the gaming industry over the next five to ten years? Can developers still make cash uh, that they can put back into their people, back into their projects? Or is this going to be something that harms the industry in the long run and makes it more difficult for studios to make money having to focus on whales uh, via microtransactions instead of the overall quality of the game itself. That's just my two cents on that one. But very cool to see PlayStation now finally beginning to take off. I mean, I've seen everybody from uh, Chris Raygun on the Sacred Symbols podcast to Shuhei Yoshida saying that they've subscribed to PlayStation now. That's a pretty big variety of people there. Uh, so with one million under their belt, looks like the ser service is definitely going somewhere. Again, up from 300,000 just since April. I'd say most of those came within the past month. However, if you don't have PlayStation Now or Xbox Game Pass, you might have games with gold via Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus. And guess what? You get free games, and November's have been revealed. Sony and Microsoft, via their respective blogs, announced November's free games for their premium users. Now, now I want to pause here. Normally, there are two separate articles for Xbox Live games with gold and the PlayStation Plus offerings for the month. I love the fact that Game Informer just merged them together. Since the release uh, was on the same day, everybody wants to know what the comparison is between the two. Just put it into one article from now on. Just be like, here's your free games of the month. Twitch Prime, Xbox Live Gold, Epic Game Store, all these perfect updated even when new games come out. Uh, but that's just my two cents. Sony and Microsoft have revealed that PlayStation Plus... Let me try that again. You know, I started reading the sentence. It didn't work out. Then I tried to, uh, you know, free ball it. I tried to uh, riff on it a little bit, you know, do a little solo, but it didn't work out. The PlayStation Plus games for November include Neo and Outlast 2. Neo, a combo-filled action RPG from the makers of Ninja Gaiden, cast you as a samurai in mystical 17th century Japan. In our review, we set endless optimization and customization, engaging encounters, and unparalleled combat by yourself or with a friend make Neo an excellent choice for your next dark action RPG. This arrives just in time for the Neo 2 beta, which runs from November 1st to the 10th. If original piques your interest, be sure to check out the Tokyo Game Show coverage on the upcoming sequel from Game Informer. And Outlast 2 is an intense ride that makes you question your sanity. This release is a scary treat for those craving more Halloween fun. Play as an investigative journalist uncovering nefarious cults in the Arizona desert. Then on Xbox Live, you get some trash. Sherlock Holmes, the devil's daughter. Play as the beloved Victorian detective Sherlock Holmes as he uncovers the disturbing past of his adoptive daughter. Then the final station. Part side-scrolling shooter, part train simulator final station is a unique take on the popular zombie apocalypse where you transport survivors seeking safety. Popular zombie apocalypse. Okay, Joyride Turbo is a solid arcade racing experience for anyone looking for a kart racer on the Xbox and Star Wars Jedi Starfighter. You play as a Jedi pilot in this original Xbox classic as you explore the Karthak system, decimate enemy ships, and unravel the Trade Federation's evil machinations. Machinations? Mach machina you are a Starfighter pilot. Uh, anyways, it looks like the winner of the month is PlayStation Plus by far. Without a doubt, uh, I've been wanting to play Neo for a long time coming, and now it looks like I'm finally going to be getting the chance to do so, uh, because it has just recently been added to the lineup for PlayStation Hits, uh, the greatest hits lineup for the PlayStation stuff. Uh, and then on top of that, you do have Outlast 2, which I played the beta for, the demo for. Very cool-looking game, gorgeous-looking game even. And the original Outlast, of course, a very big winner uh, when it comes to horror games. Uh, Xbox Live Games with Gold, the standout is Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, which was generally middle-of-the- 
Road, uh, the Final Station, Joyride Turbo. These are all just kind of bloatware. And then, of course, you have the classic Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, which by all means, sure, why not? It's an Xbox classic. So if you do want to dive in, these games are going to be available for free throughout the month of November. Of course, with Xbox Live Gold, one comes up, one goes, the next one comes up. A bit of a controversial kind of way to release your freebies of the month, but I digress. However, with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below if you are on YouTube or subscribe on a podcast feed. Leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I would appreciate it very much. It definitely helps out the show. But until tomorrow, have a phenomenal rest of your day. I will talk to you soon, and peace.